Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. Today we're taking our reading from uh, the book of Psalms, the 90th chapter. A prayer that the psalmist makes to God. But tonight is going to be of great reality and revelation specifically in the 14th verse. In the 14th verse. It says, Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercies. Satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. 15 says, make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us and the hours wherein we have seen evil. Verse 16 says, let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's a prayer the psalmist makes to God. But a very, very, very important interpretation and understanding. And I pray that as I share these things, you will not only receive the power of that prayer, but that you will pray it tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout hallelujah. In the earlier verses, the 12th verse to be exact, he says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. He's saying, teach us the numbering of days. The Hebrew word there is teach us to appoint our days or teach us to speak into our days that we may apply our hearts unto your wisdom. That means there is a, a certain understanding in God that allows you to appoint things to happen in your days, to cause certain things to happen in your days, to define the years ahead of you, to define the months ahead of you. God has not called you in a passive journey of looking as life unveiled before you and not being able to change it praying when you can and when you cannot. God has called you to walk in the wisdom that can determine or define the days ahead of you. It is possible. It's within the right and glory given to man to be able to speak into their destiny. Can you believe that? Did you know how serious that is? It means you might not be responsible the family that you were born into, the marriage you entered, the children you have. You might have responsibility in some things in your past and have not the responsibilities in certain things. Perhaps your marriage was arranged. You might not be responsible for what has happened in your past, 
But God by wisdom has said, I can actually teach you to number your days. The word they're numbering is not just to know what will befall you in future. No, the true Hebrew translation is to learn to assign your days, to tell your days, to appoint your days. The other word is to prepare your days. The Hebrew word is manah, meaning to prepare your days. Teach us to prepare our days that we might apply our hearts unto your wisdom. In other words, there is a wisdom that can only work in the life of a child of God because they have learned to recon, to prepare their days, to speak into their destiny. Some of you are waiting for a prophet to come from a certain continent to speak into your days. Some of you are waiting for a special man of God. If it does not appear, your day is doomed. Are you hearing me? But God has said, I can actually teach you to prepare. I can actually teach you to assign the things, the events and affairs that will happen in your life. It is possible to live a wonderful life. Why? Because God can teach you how to prepare that life. It is possible. It is possible. Are you hearing me? So in the understanding of that preparation of our days, it's within that glory that a man prays, satisfy us while it's still early. He's praying that kind of prayer because he knows it's possible for God to hear it and satisfy you early. Somebody shout hallelujah. To satisfy you while it's still early. If you read from the Amplified Version, again from the 14th verse exactly, he says, satisfy us with your mercy and loving kindness in the morning, in brackets, now before we are old. Now before we are old. Oh, before we are older. Somebody can say, but I'm already old. Yes, but you can still redeem something. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. So he says, satisfy us. Make us glad before we are old. And he says that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. We may be glad all our days. So it's possible for God to satisfy you early. It is possible for things, let me say this very deliberately without any fear of contradiction. It is possible for things to be appointed early for you. And if there's a possibility of things coming early, there's also a possibility of things coming late. Not everybody who is not married is not married because it's not yet that time to get married. Now some people give the excuse in ignorance and indifference to the truth. And they say, ah, you know, it's just not yet my time. It's just not yet my time. When Paul is speaking in Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 8th verse, from the 15th chapter, he's talking about the people that Jesus Christ appeared to, how he appeared to Peter and the rest of them, the James and all of the apostles. And in the 8th verse, if you read the Living Bible narration, he says, last of all, he says, I saw him too, long after the others, comma, as though I had been born almost too late for this. There's a consciousness in the heart of Paul that I should have been born again in the time when the disciples got born again. I should have walked with Jesus in the time when the disciples walked with Jesus. There was an eon, there was a period, there was an age in life where it was possible for Paul to be found or find Jesus early. It was possible. So there is a consciousness 
to how time worked in his life. And he says, I was as one who was born later. I was as one who came in late for this. The KJV says, I was as one who was born out of time. I did not come in the time I think I should have come in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And somebody can say, oh yes, it was in the general will and purposes of God that Paul would be, you would meet Jesus Christ later. Yes and no. Because him meeting Jesus early does not disqualify him from the purpose for which he was to do on the earth. Why then would Paul complain that as though I was born out of time? That means there's a consciousness in him that awakens him to another reality or possibility of having known these things earlier and responded to them earlier. Let me tell you, the spirit world is a very amazing life. There are many people in the world who don't have a sense of the timing of the things of God, who don't understand the heart and mind of God. So they assume that there perhaps may be in time of certain things. And when you look back, you'll be amazed how many people are so behind schedule because they don't understand how the heavenly clock works, Kairos. They only live in the realm of Kronos. I've preached about that, redeeming your time in the Kairos. How the appointed things of God by the spirit of revelation can work for you and advantage you to do things early. Listen, the first miracle in scripture was not in the timing of Jesus Christ to do. You remember that? When Mary comes and tells Jesus that they are out of wine, Jesus said unto her woman, what have I do to thee? For knowest not that my hour is not yet come. It's not yet my time to do miracles. According to the calendar of heaven, it's not yet my time. But a woman by faith, a woman with a certain understanding, turns to the disciples and starts telling Jesus, I am not ready to take that now. Do as he tells you to do. And the first miracle was done in scripture, out of time. Are you hearing me? God can build you early. God can establish you early. God can work in your life early. If I say satisfaction, somebody might say, what do you mean? by satisfaction. I'm talking about fulfillment. You can be fulfilled early. If you say, what do you mean by fulfillment? I'm talking about the power that furnishes or provides for your expectations. God can pull your expectations from 10 years into a year. God can adjust your dreams from 15 years in two months. God can fold spaces for you. He has the ability to get what should have happened in 20 years and brought it here in this time if it is indeed not against truth. And it is possible. Somebody shout hallelujah. There's a man who is serving God, but the spirit at which they are serving God, by the time they see the God they want to see, they'll be 60 or 80 or 90. Yet God has put a key here in Psalms 90, 14 and told the man, it is actually possible for you to pray that what I was supposed to do in your 50 years of ministry, I do in two. Ooh, I do in one. Is it possible? Yes, it is possible. Somebody shout, satisfy me, Ali. Yes. 
It is possible for things to come early. As it is possible, as I've said, for things to come late. Many people are late in ministry. They are late in their marital destinies. They are late in bearing children. They are late in their service to God. They are late in their business. And they do not know because they think, oh, you know, life is just supposed to be like that. If things are working, they work. If they don't work, that's all right. Listen, the Bible says in Romans, the 12th chapter, the 11th verse, God has actually given a command to the believer, do not be slothful in business. The word slothful there means slow. I've not called you to have to deal in anything at a slow pace. Are you hearing me? He's called you to be fervent in spirit in your service towards God. If you read in the Amplified Version, he says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the spirit serving the Lord. In your service of God, God does not want you to be slow. Somebody shout hallelujah. God has not called us to walk slothfully. It's possible for a minister to be slow. I repeat that and they do not know that they are slow. And God has said, never lag. Never lag. In your ministry toward God. In your service toward God. Everything we do actually, if you all know, is in service toward God. Isn't it? We're married for God. We're raising children for God. We're doing businesses for God. We are serving God. Everything that we are doing, we're doing for God. And he has told us, do not be slothful. Do not be slow. It's a command. You are either on time or ahead of your time. But he has given you the ability and grace to be able to go before your time. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is why there are people in this world who look like they're 10 years older than their peers. They're 20 years older than their peers. They're 30 years older than their peers. They're 40 years older than their peers. They're 50 years older than their peers. God can give you the mind of an 80 year old at 22. It is possible. Satisfy us while it's still early. Somebody shout hallelujah. So by the time a man prays to God for that prayer, it is because he has seen that it is possible. One of the things God wants to do for you is to provoke your spirit to ask for things to come early. And somebody say, but what if I'm not ready for these things? And here's the answer. God is not stupid enough to hear you ask to be satisfied or for those things, for your expectations, to be furnished early. He's not dumb enough not to provide for the preparation necessary for you to be able to walk, function, and deal with the things that he's bringing quicker. Who has understood it? It is within that prayer. When you say, oh God, bring it early. Bring it early. Bring it early. So somebody say, can you change everything and bring it early? Is it possible to bring things nearer? It is possible. It is possible. God just needs the readiness of a man's spirit. And that readiness can be given within that prayer. If you prayed. I want to provoke somebody to ask God for things to come early. Listen, 
Many people, like I said, after this prayer, some of you will realize you were just dealing with a delayed spirit. You remember when Daniel prays? The scriptures tell us, late after 21 days of prayer, an angel appears to him and tells him that from the day you set your heart to pray, from the day you set your mind to seek God, from the first day you set your heart to understand and trust in yourself before God, from the day you went into the presence of God to ask for a solution, the Bible says God heard. God heard. But the angel tells him, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he says, which stood me for 21 days. And the archangel Michael had to come in as a chief angel to fight this spirit so I could get your answer to you. That means Daniel for 21 days had an answer with God, but there was a spirit, a principality that withstood that answer from coming through the angelic. Satan can sense when God has answered you. Why? Because he knows how and what God answers. When Daniel prayed, Satan knew that this kind of prayer has been answered. Why? The man's heart had been consecrated with God. When you looked into Daniel, you saw a heart that had been consecrated. When you looked into Daniel, you saw a man that had understanding. Now I want you to note those two things. He set his heart to understand and to chasten himself, to discipline his spirit before God. That means when a man is instructed in the things of the spirit and he has a chastened heart, Satan knows what that man's prayer can do. He knows it will be answered. So you see that the mystery now is in the learning of walking in understanding. The Bible says that understanding will preserve you. He says understanding will preserve you. So when a man walks in the understanding of the spirit, the Bible says that he that is instructed in the kingdom, he, the scribe which has been taught in the way of the kingdom, any scribe that has been instructed in the kingdom, the Bible says, is likened to a man who is a householder, which bringeth forth both new and old. So there are people who are instructed, they have a certain understanding in the way of the spirit. And amazingly, in Matthew, he calls them scribes. Not just any man, he calls them scribes. That means when a man is instructed in the way of the kingdom, they become scribes automatically. They write either physically, or spiritually. They have a pen by the Spirit. So when a man says that my tongue is a pen of a ready writer, everything they say is an inscription of the Spirit. So Paul looks at them and that's why he says you are an epistle. Hallelujah, glory to God. You are an epistle known and read by all men because you write things in the spirit. You create things and forms, shapes and colors in the spirit realm. In your communication, you don't just speak. Every time you speak, you're creating something. You're writing something. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you get into that place of understanding, when you are instructed of God, everything you speak creates. Everything you speak creates. Your tongue carries such an authority because you are taught of God. 
So he has spoken of a place of understanding that if I can get you to a certain place of understanding and I sustain you before in my ways and understanding, if I can sustain, if I can discipline you, there's a place where you will never get to my presence to ask for anything and it's not done. And he is saying, that is why when Daniel prayed, Satan stood at a certain portal, a certain gate. You know, then the angelics come through here. Then that carry answered prayer come through here. This man has prayed. Anytime soon, an angel is going to be sent for this issue. Let me stand and wait. The spirit of Persia waits for the angel and starts fighting the angel for 21 days. God has to go through the archangel Michael and say, you know what? Go and help this guy because he needs to deliver the answer. But a man was delayed for 21 days and something could have happened in those 21 days that by the time the angelic brings the answer, some damage has been done. To what extent we can't define. That's why you never take for granted the things that can happen to you, the things that could damage your destiny because in your ignorance, you were delayed and you did not know what to do when you were delayed. Her husband was delayed. She married the wrong person. His answer was delayed and then he made up his own mind and solution and answer and put aside the vision and will of God because an answer was delayed. When Abraham was delayed in childbearing, he went canoe and slept with a maid because he wanted to fulfill the promise of God in his own human effort. And that was the war that existed between Ishmael and Isaac. And up till today, Isaac and Ishmael are still enemies. A man made a mistake because he was delayed. But when you read scripture, you will realize that the power to conceive in Sarah was not best entirely on when God would choose to give Sarah a child, but it was best entirely on when Sarah and Abraham were ready and able to believe God for that child. Scripture is clear. By faith, Sarah received strength to conceive seed that was delivered her of a child, even though she was past age because she judged him faithful. God once told her you're going to have a child. She laughed. She doubted. You see what I'm saying? That was delay. When Sarah tells Abraham, go in Hagar, my slave, that's delay. It's unnecessary delay. God cannot tell a man, leave your father, your mother, your kindred, and your family. Go to a place I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And in that instruction, there is no provision of having children. But Abraham and Sarah delayed to conceive that seed to deliver them a child. I love that the KJV says, conceive seed, deliver child. Conceive seed, deliver child. Strength to conceive seed. That means if Sarah had received that strength earlier, conception was possible. So many times you say, oh, you know, it was that time, it was the right time. No, I could agree that God knew 
that they would not conceive it in time. But I cannot agree that it was God's appointment for them. That is why when you study the Hebrew and read that word at the appointed time, Sarah shall or has a child, you will realize that appointed time is not the time God put for Sarah to have child, but rather when you study Hebrew, it's more like at the time when she has appointed readiness, she'll conceive. When she has appointed readiness, when she aligns herself to being ready, when she can chastise her spirit, her soul, to be ready, she'll conceive. That's really the meaning. That is why Jesus in the New Testament says, they have eyes they don't see, they have ears they don't hear. List at any time, the Bible says, list at any time, the Bible says they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand, he said, with their heart and they should be converted. He says, and I should heal them. I have no choice. Not I will, not I might, not I could. He said, I should heal them because they should be converted at that point because they have connected to understanding. When the heart has understanding, when the eye has the right vision and the ear is hearing the right words, the right voice, he says, their heart will understand. And if their heart can understand, they should be converted. Anytime they are converted, I should heal them. It's not my time. It's any time they should hear. It's not my appointed time as God. It's at any time they should see. It's not my time that I'll give it to him in 2025. No. But if their ear can get it now, if their heart can understand it now, if their spirit is just ties before me, if their disciplined chastisement is disciplined to receive, the discipline that God gives you in order that you should receive what he has already appointed you. Remember, you have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus. God is not going to do anything new. He has done it all and it's available. And he's saying, see, I'm waiting for your eyes to see it. I'm waiting for your ears to hear it. I'm waiting for your heart to understand this. I'm waiting for you to be chastised, to be disciplined enough that you'll know how to receive it. And Anytime you have that discipline, anytime you get that understanding, anytime you get that vision, anytime you're able to hear the voice you're supposed to hear, I should heal you. I should deliver you. I should give an answer to you. You see, some people say, you know, in his time, in his time, listen. The mystery of faith is not time-bound. You cannot mix two things. You cannot function in the mystery of faith and submit yourself to chronos or chronology, the way men count or calculate time periods, days and years. That's not how God works. The Bible says, now faith. Or rather, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If a man is sick, there is a process to that man's healing or death consequently. But if I stretch my hand and I say, be healed, I've changed it. I've changed the time he should have healed, could have healed, and I'm changing the time he could have died if he was to. You see what I'm saying? A prophet came and walked to Hezekiah and tells him, put your house in order. According to heavenly time, you're supposed to die. And the man went to God. He was sick. 
and he convinced God. The Bible says he prayed unto the Lord. But really, the word was he convinced God that he was not ready. And the Bible says as the prophet reached the middle of the courts, the same God tells him, Hesh, turn back, brother. Go tell that man that I've given 15 years on his life. What if after those 15, this man went back to God? I believe in my spirit that Hezekiah asked for 15 years. I believe it. I believe it in my spirit that he asked. He conceived in his spirit how long he would be satisfied. Because the Bible says, with long life I will satisfy you. I think he prayed to God. I believe he prayed to God to a place of his satisfaction. And 15 years was enough. Let me tell you, faith works in a very amazing way that if that man had gone back to God and told him, give me another 10, God would. I've told people, we are talking of men living to 900 years in the same body. And it is hard for people to believe to live to 100. It's hard for people to believe to live to 80. Yet our fathers lived for 500 years. In their 100th year, there were still youths. They were young. They were young. Somebody shout hallelujah. But a man cannot believe God. A man cannot believe God to live a full life. Uh, 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 uh. That's not you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout amen. amen. So back to this. Satan knew that the answer was there because the man had understanding and he was chastised by God. So when our heart can have understanding and our spirit is chastised or disciplined by God, divine discipline is on our spirits. We enter the place where we can ask anything we will and it shall be done to us. It shall be done. So Daniel, God answered prayer. But he got delayed. He got delayed by 21 days. As I told people, Satan doesn't need to deny you. He can delay you. And in delaying you, he can frustrate and damage so much that by the time you are ready, to receive and walk in that which God gave you, it's already too late to reverse many things. Yeah, you can get married at 70 and testify. And say, finally, after all of these years, 70, I am getting married. God is true. And we can scream and testify because you are 70 and you're getting married finally. But God had said, you can actually get married early and enjoy your children. Yeah, give birth quickly and, and, and see them grow and play football with them. Are you hearing me? Somebody can say, yeah, even at 70 I can. Yes, you can. But you look funny. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? Because at 70 you're supposed to be with grandchildren. Great grand, you're supposed to be playing with great grandchildren. You, you look like you're out of time a bit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. It can come early. And you can still live a long life. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
says that you see your children, your children's children, your children's children's children, your children's 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 children. Four or five generations. And then you go to heaven. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Not slothful. So, you have to believe God tonight. This year. You're going to pray that prayer today. That God will satisfy you before you grow old. If you say, no, me, I'm 70 or 80 and you're watching this service. We can believe you to live to 200. And God still satisfies you early. So the things that come to people when they're 200 years come to you now. I don't know whether I have believers. <laughs> you see, the gospel is foolishness to them which are perishing. But this, this is a deep text. But I have an answer for somebody who says, I feel that I'm already late. I'm out of time. Certain things should have come early. And by reason of my ignorance, indifference, disconnection from God, I feel that I'm late. I feel that a lot has been lost. And that is the reason for the 15th verse. If you are not satisfied early, God can still make you glad according to the days wherein you have been afflicted and the hours wherein you have seen evil. In other words, oh, if you're not praying for the satisfaction that comes early, if you're not praying for a fulfillment that should come earlier than your age and your time and your peers and the determined conversations or language of men, he says, I have another way to do it. I can actually go back and see the years you were rejected, the years you suffered, the years you saw evil, the years you were afflicted, the years you were possessed by the demons, the years you were tormented by witchcraft, the years you struggled in poverty, the years you strived, the years you went through pain and you were in hospital. I can actually get those years and carry them and put them ahead of you. Yeah. I can get every time you wept and create an eon to give you joy in the next coming year and that it would come early. Who has understood what I'm just saying? I can do it. I am God. I'm not subject to how you see life. Uh -uh. I can fix it. Joel 2 verses 25. He says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, that the cankerworm has eaten, that the caterpillar has eaten, that the palmerworm has eaten. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says, I can restore. Okay, you did not ask for it early. And so it came late. But I can go and get those years you lost. And the strength you need and I put it ahead of you such that you begin again. You've begun late, but I can begin it again for you and allow you to redo your story. He can allow you to remake it. There is a provision in God where you can reconstruct it and say, no, my marriage was messed up. I'm, but give me another chance and rebuild it and go beyond rebuilding it. Bring back everything I lost into this time. 
If I lost years, add them on the years I should die. Are you hearing me? If I was planning to go to heaven at 100, but I lost 30 years of my youth, at least let me go to heaven at 130. But what about the strength of your youth? God says I can bring it too. Somebody shout hallelujah. He says when you are restored, you shall eat plenty and be satisfied. Verses 26, hey, he has brought back the conversation of satisfaction again. He says, after I've restored, I can still bring a satisfaction. Even when you lost what you should have received early, I can still create an age in life where I can still satisfy you the way I satisfied the 20-year-old person by getting those years and putting them ahead of you, getting those times, getting that provision of that time and finding all of these things here for you to be able to enjoy. He says, I can restore the years that were eaten. I can bring back those times that you knew will never come back. Yet you wasted five years with some crazy boy. I can still get those years, put them ahead of you and get you the right man. I am God. Yes, you wasted many years in the wrong ministry. I can still get those years and put you in the right ministry and rebuild you afresh and redeem time for you that you are able to do in 10, 15 years what you could not have done in a lifetime. With God, all things are possible. He says, you shall be satisfied with plenty. You shall be satisfied. Somebody say, I shall be satisfied. He says, and you shall praise the name of the Lord your God because he has dealt wondrously with you. He says, you shall never be ashamed. Did you hear what I just said? Some of you, you're in your father's house. You're 38, you're still living with your father. And you look like you're ashamed. You're a single mother, you're in your 40s and 50s. You're not married, you look ashamed. This is your message. This is your message. Some of you, you're 35, you're 40, you don't own anything in your name. You look ashamed, your peers bypass you with kazua, and then you're walking on the streets with nothing. Some of you, you're 40 and you're still sleeping hungry. A young man sent me a message and told me, Apostle, I just made 45 today and I have nothing in my life. I still live with my father. I have nothing. I'm 45, he said, and I have nothing in my life. 45, he said, I have nothing in my life, nothing in my name, nothing that I've earned with my own sweat. His peers are married, built homes, raising children, serving God. And the man is 45 and he's still living in his father's household with nothing. He told me, Apostle, I have nothing and I'm 45. Good news for you. I said, good news for you. God has told you there's a prayer you can pray and I change it. There is a prayer you are going to pray and I will change it. I tell people, this is only in the Bible. It's not in any book. It's not in any book. No spiritual book can teach you the redemption of time. It's not there. It's only in the Bible where we can fix this. 
and tonight you're getting fixed in the name of some of you might not even have a clue somebody might not even have a clue about what you lost but by making this prayer are you hearing me by making this prayer you're going to start seeing things and say ah this would have actually gone and bypassed me see you have only one life and because you have only one life you must walk with it in wisdom. You must deal with your life in wisdom because you have one life. And the satisfaction at the end of our days is that we did everything we were supposed to do and more than we were supposed to do. That is the satisfaction. That's when a man says, I think even when or if I go to heaven, I'm okay. I've done everything I should have done. You see, my pain as a man of God is when a man has no vision of what they could have become and they settle and celebrate with less because they never had a vision of what they really could have been. And in its own, that's the ignorance. That's the darkness that breaks my heart most. Because you see, if you sought God on his vision concerning your life, I'm not talking about just sailing through life. They tell you this is a deal, a job, you do it. They tell you this is a good business, you do it. Oh, you know, go for this course and then you do it. And then somehow, maybe by God's grace and mercy, you find yourself where you were supposed to be. That was a journey that was you know, defined by God, but in your ignorance, it's okay. There are things we have stumbled on, not because we had the understanding of them, but because it was God's infinite grace and mercy that somehow it put us in the places we're supposed to be. Granted, that's possible. But you see, there's a danger in going where you do not know. If the heart has an understanding, a certain understanding, God says, I can actually give a print to your spirit such that in case you're vying off, in case you're digressing, in case you're confused, in case you are misdirected, something in your spirit wakes you up to tell you, no, this is the course you must go, brother. This is the way I've called you, woman. So that is why it's more than just, let me just, yes, his grace can take us to the place we must go if we trust him. Again, there's an instruction and process in that doing, either by the establishment of what we are taught or by reason entirely of God's grace who overlooks in our days of ignorance. He winks, right? Just looks away. The Bible says, but now he calls every man to repent, metanoia, to change their mindset such that things just don't happen in your ignorance. Things happen in a place where you have understanding and knowledge. That's why he's teaching them to number their days. He's teaching them to appoint their days such that when you are off tangent, you can feel it and say, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Let me tell you, once you understand the mystery of time, the mystery of time, I think, should be one of the most venerated experiences of the new birth. Let me give you a clue. Why does God define your salvation life a new birth. Why does he say you are born again? Because in there he has created the dimension for you to start afresh as one which has been born anew. This thing is so deep. The time 
dimension is fourth dimensional truth. Many people are not able to understand this because either they are three-dimensionally thinking or two-dimensionally thinking or some are even one-dimensionally thinking. If somebody is in the second dimension of the spirit, first dimension or third dimension of the spirit, and I talk about this kind of truth and teaching, they can agree with it because they understand the concept, but it's a hard thing for their spirits to conceive because it must be experienced in understanding. So he says, you my son, with all thine getting, get understanding. You must understand how this works, how the world works. What in the world you see as this man having a lot of money when he's young is actually redemption of time. What in the world you see as this man doing something that has taken people 20 years to do, it's actually the understanding of redemption of time. Many years ago, God showed me a way and in some of the things I'm sharing, I'm trying to open some of your eyes to see because I can only imprint it by the language I'm able to articulate. He showed me a way where I can actually do in a year what would have taken me a lifetime. And when I discovered it, Fanero started to grow a certain way. We're doing things that some ministers are doing at 50 and at 60 and at 70 and at 100. That means in its own sense, of redemption, we are redeeming time. We are walking in the satisfaction that should come early. I'm doing this while I'm still young, such that when I'm old, I'm doing something different. There's a man right now, probably where I'm at in ministry, or even way far than I am in ministry, he's 80. And he's as if starting. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has given you both a key and it's a prayer you're going to make. This is not something you easily walk into except if you have the understanding. That is why you're going to pray the way you're going to pray. Because you tell God, now I have the understanding. But also, like I told you, my heart bleeds for the person who might be comfortable, satisfied, not because their expectation has been fulfilled, but because they have an indifferent expectation. So in the assumption that the true plan and vision of God on their lives is actually being fulfilled, they are actually in a delusion because that is not God's vision for their life. So even their expectation is false, it's deceived. And so they are satisfied in what they should not have been satisfied because they don't see what God sees in their lives. They don't see what God sees in their lives. Oh, I'm happy with this amount of money. But God says, no, that wasn't my dream for you. I'm happy with this kind of marriage. That was not my dream for you. I'm happy with this kind of ministry. And he says, that was not my dream for you. If I can only show you what I really saw in you and what I put in you, you'd be amazed. You'd be amazed. Moses was delayed by 40 years, which should have been a time of preparation. 40 years he was delayed because he did things the wrong way. He buried a man and buried him in the sand. And by the time God appears to him, in the time he should have been ready to go, he was not ready at all, yet it was the time to go. 
that he has to ask God if I should go to him, which God should I tell them sent me? Will they believe me? But I am stammering. He didn't know that God is talking to Oba about. Because he was a man who at one point, because he did things the wrong way, he gave a carnal solution to divine purpose. He sort of was disconnected. It's clear in scripture. He never had God for 40 years. 40 years. Moses never had God. If you read scripture and ancient texts, there were three anointings that were to set in the house of Reuben. Three. The birthright as the first son of Jacob. The office of the kingship was supposed to be with his sons and the office of the priest. But in anger, if you read the story, huh? Rachel, the woman Jacob loved, he stays with Leah, right? Jacob stays with Leah. But we all know by scripture, Jacob never loved who? Leah. So the first thing he does, the moment Rachel dies, the Bible says he goes and pitches his tent in the house of Bila, the servant of Rachel, the late, because he never loved Leah. And so Reuben, in anger, when he sees that his mother was rejected by his father, his head tells him, let me go and sleep with this woman because if I do, my father will never sleep with her again and he will go back to my mother. See, anger, Reuben, anger, Reuben, anger, Reuben. And that one action took the birthright from him and it was given to Joseph. It took the kingly anointing from his sons and it was given to Judah. It took the priestly anointing from him and it was given to Levi. And Reuben lived a life that was not defined by God for him to live. He did not take the inheritance that was originally set by God for him to take. He affected the next generation of his sons and many years ahead because he did the wrong thing. Some of you, you have made grave mistakes. You don't even have a clue. But it was a little simple decision. You think you just join a church? You leave a church. You think you just talk to this one? You talk to this. No, you don't just do that. Study your life and understand. Settle and learn. Allow God to work in your life. It's a discipline. It's a chastisement of God. Thank God that you can ask and say, God, I lost something. Restore it. And what about those who are moving in what you lost? He can still create an eon for you to still do and live that life and still let them be. He doesn't change it. He's not limited because it's not short. The Bible says his arm is not short. That if he gave it to another man, therefore he cannot raise another world for you to leave what you're supposed to live, but you must ask for it. Now raise your voice and speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. I feel love. Feel your presence over me. Yeah. I feel love. 
feel your presence on me. This is the way you father. I love the way you father. This is the way you father me. This is the way you father me. I love the way you father me. This is the way you father me. Let's sing it. I feel love. Feel love. I feel your presence over me. Come on, pray. Pray. I feel love. I feel your presence, oh. Yeah. I feel love. I feel your presence, oh, me. Come on, pray. I feel love. I feel your presence on me. I love the way you father me. Sing it. This is the way you father me. I love the way you father me. This is the way. Come on, pray. I love the way. I've told you what to pray. Go, shala bade de go. I love the way. This is the way. I love the way. This is the way. Come on, tell him I love the way. This is the way. Come on, pray. Tell him I love the way. This is the way. I love the way. This is the way. Now, I join my prayer with you. In the name of Jesus. That may God satisfy you early. May things come quick and easy. Faster than they should come. Earlier than they should come. And He will prepare you and give you the wisdom and grace to be able to sustain them. But number two, may He restore what you lost in ignorance, what you lost in indifference, what you lost in disobedience, what you lost in your blindness. Some of you lost things in your anger, 
some of you lost things in your indifference you were easily offended and you lost a destiny and a milestone some of you lost because of circumstances that pushed you to compromise where you were not supposed to compromise some of you lost because you did not know God you were not yet born again some of you lost a lot because of your attitudes you were raised wrong and you messed up your marriage you talk bad and you messed up your husband or your wife you destroyed a lot because you have a bad mouth you could have lost a lot but God has said I'm restoring it I'm going to rebuild it for you that is why at the onset of salvation at the onset when you received me as your Lord and Savior Jesus says you became new. I want to do things new. I want to begin afresh with you and still give the story that you so deserve according to my vision concerning your life. I pray in the name of Jesus that may that happen as we have prayed it because your heart has understanding. And I believe as I was teaching, God is dealing with you. Listen to this someone over and over until it sinks in your spirit, you're going to redeem many things. In Jesus' mighty name, somebody shout hallelujah. Clap your hands to Jesus. Clap your hands to Jesus. Come on, clap to Jesus. Glory to God. If you have never given your life to Christ, what are you doing with yourself? How do you live without this God? It's not possible. You're losing more every day. And if you died now, you'd lose your life forever. The Bible says if you receive him, he will give you life eternal. So repeat this words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you shed your blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.